Shut up and sit down. Hope you had a great week. I uh, I have a headache. I had a headache, um, and I took some medication for it. But I took the medication that kind of makes me a little wonky. So um, if I go off on a tangent, I apologize in advance. I can't. I can't um, promise I won't go off the reservation. Anyways, um, I uh, um. There's just no telling what's going to come out of my mouth. Yeah, squirrel. Oh, look, squirrel. Uh, so uh, tonight we're talking about uh, actors versus characters. And I had talked, about, I had actually blogged about this on DreamWits, about um, fetishizing um, actors and particularly um, fans getting overly invested in the actor versus the character. And then um, and that can have a lot of um, negative impact on um the van and the actor actually um we we saw a couple years ago where uh benedict cumberpatch's wife was actually threatened by his fans um or soon to be wife Uh, i'm not sure if they were married at the time and it that kind of um investment uh, that kind of emotional investment in um, a person who plays a character that you like is inappropriate. And uh, I think that when you really, really, really like a character, you start to give the actor um, the characteristics of the character that you like. And then when they um, inevitably disappoint you, it sours you on the character. And so I think it's important to compartmentalize and to do the best that you can to minimize the connection between the character and the actor or actress who play them um, because it can come back to bite you. Uh, For instance, you know, I actually really like Jewel State. I think she's um, funny and beautiful and I loved her in Firefly, um, and she's just awesome. But I hate the character of Jennifer Keller. I hate her, and um, so. But it's very easy for me to separate uh, Keller from that role, um, Jewel State from that role, because um, I think because I did know her first on Firefly um, as an actress. I you know know her, not know her, but you know like I saw her on Firefly. Um, but I. As much as I loathe the character Jennifer Keller, I think that I might have a problem um, with Jewel State if I didn't know her from other things. Um, uh, speaking, uh, uh, one of the people in the chat room said I had a real, I had a real thing for David Addison, but I never cared for Bruce Willis. I actually really enjoyed Bruce Willis until I watched this movie. Um, and it took me a long time to get over it. Um, and it had Demi Moore in it, and he played an abusive husband. And I was like, I 
and because they were married to each other, um, created this, uh, it was just this stumbling block in my brain. I was like, oh, God, really, no, just no. It was bad. It was bad. Um, so, but uh, I, I pushed past it because it was just a role, you know, but still it was very difficult to watch them in those violent scenes and recognize that they were also intimate partners um, outside of this movie. And it was just, just terrible. Um, and I forget the name of it. Uh, she kills him. Uh, and it's, yeah, I don't recommend it. I mean, it's a really, actually, it's a really good movie, but I don't recommend it if you're a fan of Bruce Willis because you'll end up hating him for like at least a month or two. They probably did think it was an edgy movie to make, um, and maybe they even met on that movie. I don't know, but by the time I watched it, they were already married. So I watched it on, um, I rented it from the video store. That's how old the movie was, um, dating myself there, too. Uh, but um, And my mother loved, loved Chuck Connors, and he was the rifleman, and she loved the rifleman. And then she watched Roots. And Chuck Connors played a role in Roots that I won't talk about because it's pretty heinous, um, and I don't want to trigger anybody. Um, But after she watched Roots, she was never able to watch The Rifleman again because she hated Chuck Connors. The performance that he did in Roots was apparently so vivid for her that it literally ruined the entire body of his work for her. To this day, she will not watch The Rifleman. And for, you know, when she was little, it was her favorite little TV show. Anyways, <clears throat> so you can't, so there's there are times when a performance, when an actor puts out a performance that is so um, powerful that it can um, really resonate with them um, for good or bad for the rest of their life. I mean, I don't think that I will ever be able to look at Robert Downey Jr. for the rest of my life and not think Iron Man. Just a very positive connotation, right? Oh, look, there's Iron Man. It's, it's not a problem. Um, and, but, uh, or, you know, it's, but the thing is, is that he, he really embodies Tony Stark. Um, like Ryan Reynolds really, really, really embodies Deadpool. Um, and you look at a character like uh, Jack Sparrow and uh, Johnny Depp, and then Johnny Depp's brush with uh, domestic violence and, and not having a really good control on his temper and throwing his phone at his wife. Um, it uh, it kind of got difficult to to see him. Um, oh, uh, for a while, and I've compartmentalized it, but it always lingers, it always lingers, and I, you know, just wonder what kind of person he really is, um, you know about the, the actor of Stephen Collins, who was the dad on Seventh Heaven, who turned out to be a pedophile, um, and uh, I never watched Seventh Heaven, but that actor was in my 
favorite Star Trek movie of all time, which was the motion picture. I have not been able to watch Star Trek motion picture since that came out. He was Decker. Yeah. And I have not been able to watch the um, the motion picture since. Because every time I see him, I'm disgusted. (laughs) Now, recently it came out um, that um, Michael Weatherly uh, behaved inappropriately with Eliza Dooku on um, Bull. That's a TV show, a very popular TV show. And CBS uh, had to pay her off. And um, to the tune of $9.5 million, which would have been her um, salary that she'd earned, that she would have earned over um, a uh, over the seasons that they expected her to be on. And the thing is, is that um, he made some sexually inappropriate jokes. Uh, that's a hostile work environment. And you have to it's kind of horrible actually when you when you recognize that these actors that play characters that you really enjoy um aren't perfect um so of course they're not perfect uh they're they're human beings, and they do stupid things and they say stupid things, and they call they tell the wrong joke we've all told jokes that are really inappropriate (laughs) in retrospect now I am not defending him his behavior was disgusting and I'm glad that they settled with her and she got um, compensation for the work that she did not get to do because they fired her rather than deal with his behavior in a very constructive way because she didn't want to leave the show. She just wanted the environment to improve. Um, And instead of working on creating a more healthy work environment on that show and on that set, they, they fired her. And so of course they should pay for that. And they have paid for that. And, He's taking a little ding. Now, there was a, a comment thread on Facebook about this. I'm going to get Lady Holder on here. Lady Holder's going to join me tonight. Um, Hello. On the podcast. She's going to to herd me, keep me on the <laughs> narrow. Yes. Cat, cat herding uh, boy. Here we go. Yeah. But... uh and we were talking about separating um, the actor and um, the character. And the thing is, is there are plenty of things about Tony Dinozo's character that are reprehensible. Oh, yeah. uh, and so, I mean, you know, that whole Jean Benoit thing um, was oh my God. off the charts, off the charts inappropriate. The thing is, is mm-hmm. that in some countries, he could have been charged with rape. Yeah. He falsified an identity, took her to bed under pretense, lied to her, made the the motions of planning a life with her further an illegal investigation. 
And in some countries, yep, yep, yep. that kind of subterfuge um, involving sex is legally rape. Now, I am not calling Tony a rapist. What I'm saying is, is that his behavior was excessively inappropriate. Um, and mm-hmm. it, yeah, it is considered sexual fraud. And, um, and in some countries, some very strict, stringent company, countries, it is considered um, sexual assault or rape, depending on the area and the principality and you know the, the, the legal jargon and all that stuff. Um, but so there are plenty of reasons for you not to want to write Tony Genozo that have absolutely nothing mm-hmm. to do with Michael Weatherly being a sexist dick. And honestly, um, did you guys forget the part where Michael Weatherly ad-libbed the line early on in NCIS where he objectified Jessica Alba, who he was dating at the time? Mm-hmm. So we oh, always yeah. knew he was sick. I'm not surprised. Well, the, the character owns up to being, in a lot of ways, a sexist dick. Because he, he's a serial dater, he prefers not to be committed, and when he he talks about his conquests, real or imagined, um, in language that is anything but appropriate for work. Okay, now a lot of us sugarcoat it and put it as, you know, he's he's got something that he is. Um, protecting for himself and so he's basically playing into the expectations but you know it's 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 not kosher it's it really isn't one of the things i saw in fandom uh, is a lot of people calling out kate's behavior over that whole um Mm -hmm. wet t-shirt thing and how she had um had abby uh Tony in a gay cowboy situation thing or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was um, in, in, in retaliation for him finding a picture of her from college years when he was on his frat boy spring break vacation, which he was too old to be taking to begin with. And he found a picture of her from college in a wet t-shirt and he brought it back to NCIS. And like, he literally brought that into the workplace. And um, that is, was outrageously inappropriate. Not only mm-hmm. did he bring it to the workplace, but in the end, when they both agreed to not do anything with the images, both of those assholes sent the images to Gibbs. <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not saying Kate didn't give as good as she got, but he had really no business bringing that picture to work. No. A good um, man ignored it, and he would not have taken a copy of it. In a lot of ways, I looked at their their relationship, and it, I think this is what the, the uh, writers were going for, as two siblings who had a um, love-hate relationship. Whether they loved to hate each other or hated to love each other, it's up to you. But they, the level of assholery that that whole team displayed, yeah. I don't know. It's, 
the 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 picture is um He could have left it. He could have said, hey, I saw something down in whatever, wherever it was. You looked good, you know, um, on, on, your, um, on your, your spring break, you know, picture's still there. He would have acknowledged that he'd seen it. He still would have gotten his message across. The picture never would have entered the workplace. Gibbs would never have seen far more of his, co- of his, his subordinate than he ever wanted to see. But, see... If he had had her back, he'd have taken that picture down and make sure and made sure no one ever saw it again. Well, yeah, he could have done you know that and what I said, and you know said I shredded it, you know, or tore it up, or lit it on fire, or nobody will ever see it again. Or here's your picture, don't leave um, evidence around, and it's in a folder or some shit, you know. So, but you know, so um, to to let. Michael Weatherly's um, behavior, as inappropriate as it was, ruined the character for you. Probably not, you know, a thing. Because, <laughs> I mean, honestly, when I write Tony, I tend to write a version of Tony Genozo that I like, which isn't particularly yeah. canon. And I am completely okay with that. We we write the idealized person that we want to deal with, okay, and we we reflect those characteristics on the actor. Because let's be real, um, moving off of, of Tony, Shepard, to, to use another favorite character of ours, um, 99% of the time had the emotional depth of mm, a millimeter of water some days. Okay? <laughs> and... <laughs> and that's on the deep end. Um, and he was at times inappropriate. He sat there and tor- tried to torture by proxy his best friend with that goddamn lemon. Okay? Yeah. So, yeah. None of, I hate to say it, none of the characters we like are angels. All right. If they were, they wouldn't be all that fun. No, not so much, no. And, you know, come on. We all think Rodney's complete and utter assholery is hysterically funny, but we're not on the receiving end of it. Okay? It's only funny because we're not the one getting it. Um, Ed has a comment of so many fixed point gives for fostering such a competitive work environment, but I often wondered why Tom Morrow let so much slide. That is a very good question because he was sitting right above and he, you're not above office gossip. Okay. You hear stuff, even if all you're doing is walking down, you know, through the office. So, you know, there's there's good things and there's bad things about every single character. Um, I will admit the only actor who I was perfectly happy with the treatment he got at your hands, um, given the character, was James Woods. I hate him. 
I can't stand to see him on anything. I don't know what it is about him. I just can't stand to see him. I just can't stand it. He's a big guy from the He's smug. He looks so fucking smug. And yeah. I don't know what it I just can't stand him. I just can't stand him as an actor. And so when I was like, you know, fan casting my series, he was the only choice for Kevin Jordan. Um, mm-hmm. Literally, he was the only choice. I was like, no, but yeah, there's there's no one else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Barbara, I have heard that he's a dick and he's a Republican. So, yeah, but we don't <laughs> we don't discuss politics on the podcast. Um, but yeah, he's a bag of dicks for a multitude of reasons. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, yeah, he's the only one who, honestly, I really, truly don't like. And, you know, there's um, there's a lot of actors who you watch them be a bad guy in a, in a, um, a movie or a show that you like, and it, I... I it takes some effort not to tar them with that with the particular brush, you know. Um, and again, with, you know, also the heroes. You can have right an actor that you really love take on a part that you don't particularly care for in a book, um, mm-hmm. and then suddenly that character doesn't appear to be so bad. Yes, I'm talking about. Snape. Now, I personally find Snape um, mm-hmm. morally just—he's uh, a black hole. Uh, he's just a terrible, terrible, terrible mm-hmm. person. Um, but I loved—I mm-hmm. loved Alan Rickman, and I was actually mm-hmm. disappointed when he was cast as Snape because, um, well, number one, I thought he was too old for the part, and um, but number two, oh, yeah. um, I really like Alan Rickman, and I didn't want him to see playing that you know smarmy. Greasy git. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. just didn't want to see it. And um, uh, so, <laughs> but yeah. And when you look at characters like Loki and, and Tom Hiddleston, um, mm-hmm. who has a great deal of personal charisma uh, and has a huge fan following, um, but he's you know he's a bad guy. He's 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 not a good guy. Uh, he kind of glories in being a bad guy, and so that's kind of fun. Um, There's a great deal of of self-acknowledged camp, it seems like, where, I'm sorry, there's a, you have to have a lot of internalized chutzpah to be able to carry off that damn helmet that Loki wears with the horns. Because if yeah. you don't know that you're the biggest badass on the block when you wear something with horns like that, you look ridiculous. <laughs> and you did it. Someone said in the chat room that all of the actors were too old um, for the part. Um, mm-hmm. and that, yeah, that, yeah, absolutely. James and Lily were too old. They died at 19. Mm-hmm. And yet their their ghosts are obviously in their 30s. Um, or maybe even, you know, older. But the thing is, is once they cast Alan Rickman to make the other characters 
be reasonably peers, they had to cast the rest of them older. Now, I think they should have cast yep. James and Lily young because they're ghosts, right? So they wouldn't have been aging. Um, but uh, Lupin and Black and Rickman were all, the, the actors were all too old for the parts. But once they cast mm-hmm. Rickman, they had to cast similar aged actors to make it look, to make it match. Yep. Yeah. Um, check some things. There's an actor I have not liked, um, and I didn't like him for years because of um, Jeff Daniels. All right, I was not a fan for years because I happened to. I think mostly unwillingly watched Dumb and Dumber, and I felt IQ oh. points uh, slipping away. Mm. And I, 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 I despised him. I thought he was that. It was gross. I couldn't watch just about anything. And then there was um, within the last five years, there, there's the one where he um, was the the news anchor who. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched that and it's like, wow, that's um that's pretty damn cool. It was the newsroom. He played Will Mac- uh, McAvoy. And I actually enjoyed that. I um, love Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. I, I love myself from Kevin Bacon. So I'm a product of my of my um, upbringing on generation. that because yeah yeah because Footloose um, came out in my uh-huh. formative years so mm-hmm. there's two movies I like Tom Cruise in legitimately and, Top and Gun. without uh, remorse I'm in the Top Navy Gun. Top Gun mm-hmm. yeah Legend and really Le- yeah I like. Top Gun, and I like um, Far and Away. I am not even ashamed. I don't care what you guys think. <laughs> that's so schmaltzy. Shut up. I don't care. Oh, my God, that's so schmaltzy. I love Far and Away. I really did. It's I, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. But Legend I is don't the like- one... Brad Pitt. <laughs> um, because, uh, because of Thelma and Louise. And, um, oh, God. I just, I'll never get over it. I blame him for the whole thing. They might have gotten away I... and got all the way to Mexico if he hadn't interfered. Mm hmm. I think that what was the one that I actually, I honestly can't tell. I'm looking at his, his stuff on, on um, IMDb, and honestly, I didn't like him in anything, I don't think. Isn't that sad? Oh, um, Charlie Sheen. Terrible, right? He's just a, he's just a terrible person. Mm. Um, and um, he, he's just not 
he's just not a good person. And so it makes watching him in movies that I actually really enjoyed when I was young, um, like um, Major League, um, difficult because he's he's Three not a good person. Yes. Yeah. Three Musketeers. That was mine. He was in he yeah. was in Three Musketeers? Yeah. He was um, You see the only person I remember in Three Musketeers besides the dude that was that's on NCIS LA is Oliver Platt. Yeah. No. I love Oliver Platt. And I I did he's it's, He's lovely. Is this your friend? <laughs> <laughs> if you've never oh, seen Lake Placid, you should watch Lake Placid for Oliver alone. That's the only reason you need to watch. Betty White is great, but Oliver Platt in Lake Placid is amazing. Is this your friend? It, you, you just don't. You mm-hmm. just can't even. Let's see. It was um, Oliver Platt played Porthos. Kiefer Sutherland played Athos, and Charlie Sheen played Aramis. And, of course, Chris O'Donnell played D'Artagnan. He's taller. Uh-huh. <laughs> Great. But, like, but like Placid is fucking awesome. I, I highly recommend it. Um, and, honestly, the two movies that, that, that um, I was talking about, Legend and Three Musketeers, are both tied together by the absolutely glorious actor of Tim Curry. <laughs> oh, I love Tim Curry. Even when he's a bastard, he, I love Tim Curry. He played Richelieu so well. That man was slime. And maybe that, even especially when he's a bastard. I mean, it's just you know he's yeah. very talented. He's a very talented man. Yeah. Um, but he's apparently an absolute sweetheart. And I have, and this is one instance where I cannot take the Richelieu and transfer that emotion that I have for that character and transferred over to the actor. It's just not going to work. On the other hand, Charlie Sheen, the irritation I have at the actor doesn't carry over to to, uh, Aramis because I like him in that one. My, um, my guilty pleasure movie from when I was young was a movie called Race and Charlie Sheen is in it. And I watched it on oh, Netflix God. a couple of no, or was it on YouTube or Netflix? I forget. It's terrible. It's a B movie. I you know it's a C movie, but I fucking is it graded that high? Huh? Was it graded that high? Uh, let's see. Wait. Let's see. Oh God, Red Dawn. I'm looking at his, his Red stuff. Dawn. <laughs> but what I would say is that. I think that um, when you approach uh, your your character work um, as a fan fiction writer, that uh, separating out the actor behavior um, is is paramount because you don't. I think that sometimes um, it's very easy to over identify with the actor to the point where you end up. Um, getting precariously close to writing real person fiction, which I think is a grave sin. <laughs> well, personally puts me off. Uh, so, but so, if you get a character like Tony Stark, um, and as said it uh, up higher in the chat room, she said that um, uh, Tony Stark is playing Robert Downey Jr., and that's probably <laughs> a little bit true. <laughs> she 
yeah. just kind of, you don't know where one ends and the other one begins. Um, Not so much. Although probably around the spot uh, of his wife, Robert Downey Jr. tells this really hilarious story about how he was working out to get in shape for, um, it was either the Avengers movie or one of the Iron Man movies. And he um, he, he told his wife that he'd been, you know, working out. And um, he did that stupid man thing where he told her to hit him because he could take it. She, <laughs> <sucker> <laughs> she laid him out on the floor. <laughs> Good for her. In the gut. She didn't punch him in the face. She got him in the gut where he told her to do it. Um, uh-huh. He said he's laying there on the floor um, realizing just how old he was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so, you know, Way to, way to ruin the appeal on that one, Robert. <laughs> on the floor. Look at like a man on poor the baby. floor. Um, poor baby. Yep. Yeah, true. But, you know, so I think that... Um, you know, there's another actor who I, we have to be... Um, <laughs> Azure... Wow. That's great. Okay, but I actually have a, a bit of a stumbling block with um, Thomas Gibson um, and the yeah. the character of Aaron Hotchner. Um, I actually um, did not like the character of Aaron Hotchner for a long time, and then I really grew to, to like him. And then Thomas Gibson turned out to be a violent jerk. And that was, you know... Um, difficult to reconcile. Mm-hmm. And so I have um, this whole novel plotted for the Ties That Bind universe for um, for Aaron Hotsmith. And I'm just, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting there because I did um, plot him as a sexual sadist um, in Ties That Bind, which is perfectly normal in that universe. Um, but then there's this, this in the back of my, yeah, he was a bad guy in Far and Away. He was. Well, not necessarily the bad guy. He was the uh, the guy her parents wanted him to marry, um, wanted her to marry. Um, and um, but he was very competitive with uh, with Tom Cruise's. Yeah, entitled. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Cruise's character. He. Uh, <laughs> He believed that uh, he deserved the girl more. Um, very entitled. But uh, because um, Ties That Bind is GSM and there is um, a level of aggression and controlled violence in the um, in the verse, uh, and it's not, of course, it, it's all consensual, because <laughs> I don't write anything mm-hmm. but that, it's difficult to put him in that role, but it also recognize that in reality he's perfectly capable of hitting somebody with violent intent. Yeah. But, 
but I'm working on it because I do enjoy the character of Aaron Hotchner. So mm-hmm. I am working on it because I think it's important to to really have a a firm line between the actor and the character. Um, of course, do you want to recast him? Oh, it, it crossed my mind. Um, there there are some act there are some acts and things that you know. <laughs> Once it comes out, it's it's it, it's it's impossible to overlook. Like um, rape, murder, pedophilia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, those are the kinds of you can overlook. You know, it's, at least I can't. Which is why I have not been able to watch the motion picture since um, that came out. That right. the guy who played Decker um, was a pedophile. I just I I can't. Yeah, it's um, it's it's such a weird feeling to find out, you know, when when you fell in love with a character, in this case, decades ago, you know, and then you find out something that horrifying, horrible, it it reaches back and and destroys everything. So. I'm just really glad that his character basically um, uh, disappears and dies and, you know, not dies, but, you know, transverse and something else. So mm-hmm. we never have to see him again in Star Trek forever. <laughs> so he doesn't yes. show up in any of the other movies because that would just ruin a whole lot for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, ascend to a higher level of existence or whatever. Ooh, what? Yeah, I heard that that Sean Connery um, was guilty of domestic violence. Yeah. Mm. Things you find out. So I, you know. A lot of it comes down to is like, okay, what's that director's name that's basically guilty of uh, Woody Allen? Oh, God, him. Yes. So you um, set a a standard for yourself. Um, I'm not going to support this person's movies. I'm not going to buy their movies. I'm not going to watch them on TV. Um, and and that's how you manage your conscience when it comes to someone like um, Woody Allen, um, who is guilty um, of um, child molestation, and et cetera, and Roman Polanski as well. Um, it's, uh, Unfortunately, it seems to be happening, or at least coming out with a number of high-profile Men in, in Hollywood. Well, I think I was talking to Julie about this earlier. Um, that uh, you have to look at the environment of Hollywood. Um, it's very, um, it's a it's a small subset of our society that's um, fueled with ego and money and ambition and physical beauty and um, selfishness and narcissism 
and um and drugs and alcohol and um and privilege and privilege absolutely and privilege and so you you want to believe the best of the people who entertain you uh but the fact of the matter is is that um they're human beings and they do things that um can at times be absolutely unforgivable. Uh, this is true. And, you know, um, the, the, the joke about the casting couch has been around for decades. It wouldn't be there if it wasn't it, having it something really close to reality. <laughs> yeah, it really wasn't a joke at one time and probably still, you know. And, you know, the Me Too movement um, has brought out a lot of these stories. And... Uh, I think that because that community is actually quite small um, comparatively, that it yeah. really highlights the um, the level of abuse people will both dish out and accept to get ahead. Well, they sell the dream of being the star, and you know it. There was. Um, Uh, if you wanted to 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 get into it, you had to agree to all the shit. You know, you had to um, you had to to play the system. And, I'm not a know, I don't it, think I've it, ever witnessed him. It isn't out of place to say. Um, uh, it's probably quite rude to say, but Hollywood is is run by men, and um, yeah. the single biggest threat to any woman in America is a man. Trying the planet. Oh yeah, sadly yeah, on the planet. Yeah. More, more women die or are abused at the hands of men, um, father, brother, lover, husband, um, than any other cause. That's just what it is. Um, men are dangerous, and when you get when you put men in power, um, you see what they do with it. Mm-hmm. They abuse mistreat and destroy others. That's just human nature. It's a ugly, it's a deeply ugly part of human nature, but it is just human nature. If yeah, if they don't um if there's no checks and balances, if they're they're you know, yes men or women, um abound and if somebody's handed every single thing you know you're wonderful you're fabulous you're you're gifted you're you know you're beautiful here have all of these things and will never say no to you it's a toddler it'll go it'll go through the roof and it doesn't matter what side of the the um sex line you're on male or female or just that gender line i should say um you know Unless you've got a a really good moral compass, 
people will go until they get told no. And even then, they may just continue because they've gotten a taste for it. So... But back to our topic, um, as far as yes. characters go, um, what I would I would cost what I would tell you to keep in mind is that um, that one day NCIS is going to end, and then about mm-hmm. fifteen twenty years after it ends, they're going to reboot it, <laughs> and they'll cast another actor to play Tony Dinozo. <laughs> Five years, maybe. I mean, I'm just saying because um, they've already rebooted mm-hmm. Hawaii Five-O. They've rebooted Magnum PI. Yes. I mean, you know, so they've rebooted MacGyver. CBS isn't what they do. So um, it's just you know, it, here is transitory. It's the character that's important. One day there will be an, another set of Harry Potter movies, and Daniel Radcliffe won't be Harry Potter anymore. Ugh, that's going to be such a horrible thing. Can you imagine if somebody, if they redo uh, Lord of the Rings and we have a different Frodo? No. (laughs) (laughs) Shut your mouth. What? (laughs) I don't know what would be worse than some. The fact that we would have a new Frodo or the fact that we would have a new Sam. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Or even worse, you know, um, uh, redo The Hobbit and you have a new Thorn. Shut your face. Just go, go get in the corner. <laughs> Can't even. <laughs> or Legolas. <gasps> That's probably true. That's probably true. Oh, that kid who played Frodo is never going to age a day. He still looks like he did when he played Frodo originally. I'm like, and he's like, what? It's ridiculous. Yep. Yep. Actually, I think if Dickie Radcliffe gets cast in the reboot of Harry Potter, he should be uh, uh, cast as Sirius Black. Ooh. Hmm. And Emma Watson could be Bellatrix. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> There's going to be a Lord of the Rings TV series. I don't know how I feel about it. They're going to have to bring it. They're really going to have to bring it um, uh, for me to, to to be on board with that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but like I said, it's important just to keep in mind that the actors are transitory and that characters they live forever. Mm-hmm. That is the true power of a writer. When you create a character, um, they exist forever. Mhm. Yeah. Elijah Wood got lucky with the that, genetics. Yeah, he's cutie. Um, they live in, um, eternally in the moment that you created them. Mm-hmm. And so it's um. Yeah. So the actor, um, they come and go. And I have considered actually recasting um Aaron Hotchner just even just in my head, mm-hmm. so that I could, so that I could work on my story. 
Um, and I think that if you have a real stumbling block with um, an actor's behavior, that recasting them is a is a very good way of getting around it. Now, I'm actually not a fan of recasting for the most part. Um, I think that if you're going to write a uh, Harry Potter time travel or you're going to write one with set in the Marauders era, that you need mm-hmm. to recast because the actors are way too old. Um, I think and reaching that, back uh, far enough to get the you can say reaching what? back far enough to get pictures of them in the right age, the outfits don't work. No, no, they don't. So, but I, um, for the most part, I'm, I'm not on board with recasting. I hate to see Harry Potter recast. I hate it. I, I don't want even want part of. I don't mm-hmm. want any part of it. Um, but. Uh, and I didn't even watch the movies, and I'm still attached to the casting. I, I can't even explain that. Uh, <laughs> but YouTube videos. Uh, mm-hmm. And I probably, you know, um, I probably won't recast Aaron Hotchner because I do think as um, morally disgusting um, Thomas Gibson's behavior was, Thomas Gibson's a very talented actor. Mm-hmm. I think that's the stumbling block is when you encounter someone who has genuine talent who can't be an adult. It's just really frustrating. Like when they they had to recast um, or they had to write rigs out of fucking Lethal Weapon because the actor Ugh. is a child. Mm-hmm. You know, as much as I don't like James Woods, there was a comment much earlier up in the thread about how he was perfect as Hades in Hercu- in Disney's Hercules. He, I would agree. Yeah. I don't like he was ab- I would never say he was not talented because he is talented. I just don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'll tell you sort of my mom. My mom, she calls me and says, um, I want to go see um, the new Rock movie. I was like, what? The Rock has a new movie. I want to go see it. Well, what's it called? I don't know. It's got the Rock in it. <laughs> she didn't give a shit what the movie was about. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the one with the was A's, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 it was. It was, it was page uh but if it's got the rock in it she wants to see it then she got mad at me uh-huh. because she missed the window on um seeing high rise which has the rock in it and she calls me and says that new rock movie's already out of the theaters and i missed it i said well you'll just have to rent it or something and she was like the rock deserves to be seen on the big screen i was like i i can't just drink that but um, we don't have an option <laughs> point. You can come watch it on the Man Cave TV if you would like. It's a good 25 inches bigger than your TV. That's <laughs> sort of acceptable. <laughs> That's her answer. That's sort of acceptable. Did she watch um, um, The Mummy 2? She did. Yeah. And he she was loved not a good actor in that one. No, it is, but who was? Yes. Um, 
but no, you don't understand. My mom doesn't actually watch rock movies for his acting. No, no, don't don't get confused. <laughs> well, you know, if you're gonna if she's gonna do that, you should supply her with the proper drinks so she can take a drink every time he take he loses his shirt. Right? No, don't don't, don't get confused. She does not think he's a good actor. That that is not why she's seeing these. Um, she started watching the Fast and Furious movies because The Rock was in them. I said, "Well, do you want to start at the beginning?" She said, "No, I don't care." I said, you don't want to know the whole story? No. Okay. Okay, Mama. Okay. Oh, your mother's awesome. She also, um, we went to see the Tarzan movie. Um, Ah, yes. Oh, my goodness. So. Yeah. um, When we were leaving the Tarzan movie... She turns to me and says, don't tell your sister we came to see this without her. I was like, we were supposed to bring her along? She says, yes, but I couldn't wait. So we're going to see it again next week. It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be brand new for us both, right? So I'm like, I said, that's a problem. And she said, why? I said, because I checked it on Facebook. She said, you don't log into your real Facebook ever. I said, I know, but I did. She said, you haven't done it in yeah, a whole year. I said, till today. She's like, this is just, <laughs> she goes back to the car. We weren't in the car 10 minutes and my sister was texting. <laughs> she, she was Alexander my, my My sister has one, um, one one actor crush, and it would be Alexander Skarsgård. Um, she uh, she fell in love with him during True Blood, and um, she's never been the same since. So, but yeah, um, I called him on the other day, and I said, "What are you doing?" He says, "I'm watching Tom Hiddleston's Perfect T-shirt." I go, oh, "Okay, <laughs> what, what, what part are you at?" She says, "That disgusting part with the squid." I was like, "Oh, fast forward." <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! You, <laughs> you know that shit. There's, there's, literally, I don't remember how long Terminator is, but I think there's only about five minutes of that movie I truly enjoy. Terminator. Uh huh. I love the whole movie, but where, where did this come from? <laughs> Falling in love with an actor because of oh, a role. Oh, Michael Biehn. I fucking yes. love Michael Biehn. Um, I I watched uh, the second Aliens because he was in it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, me too. Yeah. The Navy Seals. I yep. even managed to overlook Chloe Sheen in that one. Um, yep. I love myself with Michael Biehn. In fact, when I do my movies. For next year, I'm going to do Terminator and um, Aliens. Yeah, I'm gonna have a Michael B. Um, yeah. So now I actually really enjoyed all of Terminator, but that was probably the most um, graphic sex scene I'd ever seen at the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I've and seen it's still more graphic stuff lately um, as an adult. But when the first time I watched mm-hmm. Terminator, I was quite young. And I was like looking at my mom and she was letting me watch it. I'm like, okay. So I watched it. 
And then after it was over, she says, damn it, you should have turned your head. I was like, you didn't tell me to. She says, I got caught up. (laughs) 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 My mom was watching some movie that had um, Jason Stratham in it. And we went to see The Meg because she she likes Jason Stratham, too. Um, And she loves shark movies, so so it worked out. Um, and she was watching some Grace and Strahan movie, and I asked her what it was about. She says, I don't know. <laughs> Your mom's ability to actually it. not pay attention she to the plot? Like, um, yeah, I'm watching it, but I'm not listening to it. She had her headphones on. She was listening to a playlist. She had Napster <laughs> on her headphones. Jason Strahan run around and kick somebody's ass. I was like, oh, yeah. You just do you, Mama. You just do you. You live your best life. Actually, I think at that point, I think she wanted to do Jason. (laughs) (laughs) She she obviously has a type. Uh huh. Bald and muscle bound. (laughs) Yep. Except for Tom Hilton in his perfect T-shirt. Oh God! There are some T-shirts so. that definitely need to be enshrined. You know, Linda Hamilton, or is, it, is that who it is? Is incredibly soft in this movie. I think it's a beautiful um, uh, shift between Sarah. Mm-hmm. In the first Terminator movie and in the second Terminator movie, where she's been forced to accept um, who she is and what her role is in the future, and mm-hmm. what she has to carve out an existence for John. So it's 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 very good. Yep. Oh, it's a very good. It's a huge difference between the two. Um, the two. Films in reality, you know, she's she's innocent in the first one, and she's anything but in the second. So, but um, yeah, it's it's good, it's good. Mhm. She could be in any Terminator movie. Yes. It's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. Because they've rebooted that how many times now? Well, I think we're going to ignore everything um, (laughs) after Terminator 2. I really enjoyed the Sarah Connor Chronicles 2, Barbara. I I really did. I I liked them a lot. I think Lena Headley um, is is amazing. I think she played a great Sarah Connor. By the way, we've been speaking mostly about the men who we don't, who, whose uh, performances have influenced us to like or dislike the actor. Has there been a actress that's that's tripped you on up on that? Well, to be truthful, I'm really fond of Helen Bonham Carter, and so even when she's mm-hmm. playing Bellatrix and like I want to see her on YouTube videos, even in the video where I where, uh, where she killed Sirius, I I, I mm-hmm. really wasn't mad at her. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, no, look at you being crazy. <laughs> you, look at you so enjoying crazy. your look insanity. <laughs> yep. Yeah, Jewel State, um, I think if anybody could have made me like Jennifer Keller, it would have been Jewel State, and she couldn't accomplish it. Um, but she tried her damnedest. She did. I just couldn't get on with that nerd fantasy. I just, I, I just couldn't get on board that. Yeah. You know, I. Tori Higgins, I think, is who played the dark-haired Elizabeth. Yes. I eventually Wait, saw her in NC. Yeah, I saw her in NCIS. Um, as a love interest for Ducky and my vague dislike of of Elizabeth carried over to that actress or that character. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. Jerry Ryan. Um, Jerry Ryan. Um, Seven it was nine. difficult to, to, to like her anything after she killed Blair, right? <laughs> it was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you drowned Blair in the, in, the, in the damn mountain. Well, I actually remember seeing that episode, but it, she really didn't make much of an impression on me. Where I really was introduced to her was when she was playing Seven of Nine on Voyager. And in that one, it was more of a, this is weird. (laughs) So. What are you doing? Um, I'm being attacked, actually. (laughs) Your cat? (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm wearing a, a hoodie with tassels for the hood, and he's trying to um, kill the tassels. Well, you're you're covering up your mic. Yeah, I can tell that. Let me see yeah. if I can get rid of the cat. <laughs> you need to go sit in your in your bed. Okay. Hopefully that's better. Jerry Ryan. Um, she she tends to play parts where she acts like she's superior, and it and it puts me off. She's got a hell of a a a rich resting bitch face, and b she can look down her nose at you with the best. And she's really tall, so it's like a real deep down look. But you know, I yeah. really enjoyed this show called China Beach, and it had Dana Delaney in it, and um. I loved. I loved China Beach. I love that show. And she got a new show. Um, is it called Body of Evidence? I think so. And I was looking forward to it because I really I really love Dana Delaney and China Beach. And so I was really looking forward to it. And uh, I watched one episode. Uh, she was so smug and terrible. I was like, oh, God, I can't stand it. It's like when um, Celia Ward joined um, CSI New York. I wanted to stab people. 
body approved. Yeah, body approved. Okay. I was I was so mad because her character was so smug and terrible. Oh, mm-hmm. was, oh. But then the same thing happened um, on CSI New York with Celia Ward. Um, I really like her as an actress. And then they bring her on, and she's like this smug Mary Sue, and I just want to stab her. I just. I hate smug. And that's probably why I don't like James Woods, because he looks smug. <laughs> um, liking from one character to another, CSI with George Eads. Oh, I love George Eads. There's a couple of reasons you like George Eads. Yeah, because um, I don't – have you guys seen him lately? Uh uh, if you watch MacGyver, you've seen George Eads lately. Um, I want to say something about George Eads. When, when he was young, he was like um, one of those boys you wanted to bring home to your mama and feed. And mm-hmm. now that he's older, he's a daddy. He's he's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a dad kink. I don't have any kind of daddy kink. Um, it, except apparently when it comes to George Eads. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it is. I was like, "Damn!" I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know. There's just something about him. I just I can't even. Mm-hmm. I wrote that story with him and Spencer Reed, and um, yeah, I was like, "Yeah, he's just he's yeah he's yeah." <laughs> I can't even. He's know awesome. What that is. I can't yep. even. But yeah, when he was young, he was such a baby face, and you just you know want to feed him and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I would feed him today, but it wouldn't be quite the same thing I would have fed him when he was younger. Well, it's true. He got he got cookies twenty years ago, and now not so much on the cookies. <laughs> Come and have some sugar, sweetie. <laughs> Definition of sugar is debatable. there's the thing I take away with all of this is to separate out the actor from the character because the actors um, they're people good, bad, indifferent they've got their flaws Characters have a backstory that are that's written for them. They um, they've got a constrained role. Their personalities, for the most part, are developed when the people get them. Um, if they grow and change, that's a tribute to the writers. If they act like asses, well, that's again attributed to the writers. Okay. Um, most actors, as far as I know, don't really have much of a leeway to be able to shape their character the way they think they should. And if um, if the writers want a character to be um, slime, then they'll write it. And unless the the uh, actor 
says, no, I'm done, that's what they're going to be playing. Sarah Seidel, from what I remember, um, was brought in to be a... Yes. The the character was very... She thought she knew the answers to everything on this. Um, But if I remember correctly, she was only supposed to be there as a temp a couple a couple uh, episodes, and then there it was a great response to her, and she played well with Grissom, and they thought, hey, love interest for Grissom. I'm making a and terrible face over here. Said. And I wasn't yeah, even I a shipper too. on that show. Uh, I don't ship anybody on that show in particular. Um, I don't have any, um, you know, preferences on that front. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I just can't stand her. Oh, I do have a character, female character, for dislike and trying not to dislike the actress, Abby. I liked Abby in the first seasons, um, mm-hmm. but they they um, She never grew up. True. Um, and the immaturity got worse and worse and worse, and to the point where they were actually like riding a living doll, and it was just it was terribly disconcerting. Practically infantilism, you know, infantilism. It's it's. Um, mm-hmm. And for somebody who's supposed to be as competent as she is, it was. Um, Pretty horrifying. An oversized <laughs> chihuahua. That is exactly how she was written on the show. Um, yes, an oversized chihuahua with um, abandonment issues. Oh my god! So many issues. And no ethics. Well, ethics get in the way of storytelling, right? (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Lady Heather was in, what, three episodes, four episodes? And yet, she made a hell of an impression. I enjoyed Lady Heather. I think she's mm-hmm. I can tell. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And we know next to nothing about her, honestly. Oh, there she is. 
Oh, I was wrong. She was in a total of six episodes. I think the last episode she was in is when she um, got custody of her daughter's baby. Also, oh, one of okay. my favorite episodes is where she um, um, avenged her daughter. Is that the one where she, I think her daughter was the bullwhip. Her daughter, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's been working steady. There, um, sometimes an actor will embody a role in such a way that, um, like I said earlier, that, that they're kind of stuck with it forever. I think that um, mm-hmm. I have to wonder how often Vincent D'Onofrio gets called Edgar. <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah, this is true. It's like he's wearing an Edgar suit. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, there's another one. Um, I think we talked about RDJ and I'm um, talking about Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool and Johnny Depp and Jack Sparrow. Chris, um, Chris Evans. Chris Evans and Captain America. Uh, yes. Um, Viggo Mortensen. Tim Curry and Dr. Frank Converter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Seriously, Cap? He is so used to just crawling all over me. Okay. Um, honestly, the the the, um, the two act uh, the two characters I remember Orlando Bloom for the most um, are Legolas and uh, Will Turner. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's done other stuff. I couldn't tell. I'm sure. Like, I yeah. couldn't tell you what they are. <laughs> I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's I think done there other were, things. I don't know what they be. I, I'm pretty sure there was there was some um, movie with Troy or some shit like that. But no. Oh, Brad Pitt! I didn't watch that. The only movie that I've ever been able to enjoy Brad Pitt in was Inglorious Bastards. Didn't even watch that. I it, you gotta watch Inglorious Bastards. It is it is an experience. <laughs> it is an uh, immense experience. Wow. I was, um, Smith. The it was one Smith. I was like, Jones is not the right one. I, I, yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I actually did enjoy Mr. that Smith. one. Too, yes. But I'm a fan of Angelina yeah, Jolie, so that's why I watched that one. Um, 
yeah, I was prepared to tolerate him, um, and he actually, I, I wasn't mad <laughs> when she was trying to kill he him. Was fine in that one, uh huh. Yeah, and a little bit better, honey. <laughs> that house was so trash. Um, I was just thinking, you actually, in no. one case, yes, you in one. You've recasted one um, character that I know of between um, series that you've done. Mm-hmm. And you did it because you are going to cast the actor um, as Tony, not as Declan. Right, because Michael Weatherly plays <laughs> Tony Denoso. So, uh-huh. yeah. So, and. Um, yeah. Actually, and also, um, Declan Frost is a little bit younger in um, Sentinels of Atlantis. True. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how that turns out. I, I only know Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. I never got into the cartoons that he did. So when he pulls up, when I see video of him pulling out the Joker voice, it's just creepy. Because <laughs> it's, it's Luke Skywalker playing the Joker for me. And it's just creepy as fuck. Um, but for the people who grew up with him, um, you know, it's, it's a different thing altogether. Oh, um, I forget his name. Um, Tyler Hutchland? The dude from Teen Wolf. Yes, the dude, the dude from Teen Wolf. Um, Derek from Teen Wolf. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does that mean you're recasting Sean, too? No. <laughs> okay. Honestly, I probably wouldn't have recast Declan if um, I hadn't been incepted. Yeah, I know. I've been incepted too. It's kind of it. it it's going to show up. I already know this. <laughs> we can't, you know, like totally blame her when she's not here to defend herself. So we will have to wait. I'm, there's no blame in this. It's it's this lovely, <laughs> you know, beautiful piece her. of casting that she did. I'm totally blaming her. Yeah. So. I think it's a, a fantastic piece of, of you know integrating of of everything. So yeah, it, it works wonderful. <laughs> oh well. It's important to credit. <laughs> I did not blame. Thanks, Ed. This is true. But I'm going to write um, Tony into Sentinels of Atlantis as Patrick's nephew. Patrick um, 
is uh, the half-brother of Tony's mother. Oh, interesting. Okay. So Patrick's so Patrick's um mother um so Patrick Tony's mother shared a mother. So Patrick's mom's a Paddington and um uh so he's an uncle. And when Tony came online during the awakening at the end of Sentinels of Atlantis um, he didn't know quite what to do, but um, Instinct is going to bring him to Colorado. Oh, interesting. <clears throat> of course, um, he isn't the only one being drawn to Colorado. Huh. There'll be quite a um and um, including Jack Clone. Oh, yes. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be um, it'll be fun. Um, he's going to have some explaining to do. <laughs> oh, Jesus! So much explaining to do. Patrick will be like, "I thought you told me you didn't have any fucking kids." Because wouldn't your assumption be, at this point, if you met the young Jack Jr., uh-huh. wouldn't you think that it was Jack's kid and not Jack's clone? Wouldn't that be the first thing you oh, thought? Yeah, the time... Oh, yeah, but the age is perfect for it. You know? It's like, um, what's going on? I wonder. Oh, yeah, no, that's the kids off, off planet. Never mind. I was thinking about Charlie. I need to figure out second. how old Tony Dinozo would be um, during that. And um, But, yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. <clears throat> hmm. Well, if um, if you use Jimmy's birth date of seventy three in two thousand five, that would put him about thirty two. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. If you use the actor's birth date, which is I think sixty nine, um, it puts him at thirty six, or actually thirty. Yeah, 37, actually. And when was the clone? Oh, golly. Um, He was 16. The clone was 16. Yeah. I don't remember. Characters. Let's 
So apparently um, that took place in um, 2003, Fragile Balance. So he would be 17-ish. Right. 1718. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah, that would definitely be interesting because if if the cloning was right and everything went exactly down the line, he's a sentinel. Yeah. And yeah. he would have come online during the awakening, during the big light show. Yeah, the problem is, is his perfect match. <laughs> um, shit. Well, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I don't, I didn't do perfect matches too much in um, mm-hmm. Sentinels of Atlantis. It's more about emotional compatibility. And um, I don't think that Patrick would be a good fit for the clone version of Jack. Mm-hmm. Because the clone version of Jack is um, dealing with a um, an entirely different situation. True. He'd honestly need someone. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't know who I'll pair him with because. <clears throat> You need somebody be mature just, enough that they that they can keep up, but with enough fun that they're not going to stifle them. Right. That's going to be difficult. I think that's why I ended up cloning um, Daniel. Because. <laughs> It was easier. <laughs> so much easier that way. Well, I am going to bring Ian back through the gate. And I do pair Ian and Jack Clone um, in what might have been. They're a little older then. Um, so Ian mm. is going to come back through the gate uh, with, um, with with Miko. Um, <clears throat> so... I have that. You know, this is true. And, you know, I, Ian, he reminds me of a golden retriever in some ways. <laughs> you know, they're sweet, they're sweet, wonderful, hyperactive dogs just don't fuck with their people. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think that also because if I pair him with Ian, then I can send him out to Atlantis because I don't think it would be healthy for um, the, the two of them, Jack, Jack and him. John to be um in close proximity. I think that um that that John would start to have um or I t- I tend to actually call him Nathan most of the time, but um he mm-hmm. was he had a whole new identity in what might have been um cuz he stayed on earth. But I I probably would call him Nathan. Um yeah. And one of the things that um uh I think that would come into play is that in Sentinels of Atlantis, I've set Jack O'Neill up as basically the Sentinel of Earth. That he believes it's his mm-hmm. duty to to guard the, the gate and to protect the planet. Um, and I think that that kind of imperative could bleed over into Nathan if left unchecked. And that wouldn't be healthy. Um, he has enough on his plate already without having to worry about the fate of the whole planet. 
Yeah, he's still dealing with the tag end of puberty. That's, I mean, just yeah. Know. I mean, yeah, he's dealing with puberty again. He's dealing with having his whole uh-huh. life worked out with his feet, and um, finding out that he's just a copy of another person. I think that uh-huh. um, taking him to Atlantis um, and setting him loose uh, on race would actually be a good idea. Yep. By the way, this is the actor who played him currently. Oh, isn't he a cutie? So. (laughs) There's not enough there between um, what... um, RDA and this kid looks like to be able to use the actor unless he's got some major um, retconning of his face. I don't think it um, it matters too much. Um, no, probably not. So I would probably leave him because he's cutie. He's a cute one. Mm-hmm. He's a cute one. Um, because uh, Obviously, they couldn't go back in time and cast <laughs> Richard E. Anderson to play the yeah. part. So I, I think that they actually did a very, I, I think they did a pretty good job of of matching his face mm-hmm. shape. Um, yes. But the thing is, we know what Artie, we know what Richard E. Anderson looked like at that age. So we True. know that it isn't really a good match. But um, if we didn't know what he looked like at that age, it probably wouldn't be a bad match at all. True. And there's the two of them side by side. That's actually quite good. At least at the age he was then. Yeah, I mean, they even have the same kind of cheekbone ridge. So, yeah, mm-hmm. they did a pretty good job of, of matching um, the actors. But, uh... Yep. I don't know. I guess it's. I guess for me it's always hard to, to pair Jack with anybody else but um, Daniel. <laughs> the thing is, this is this is actually on topic. I don't like Michael Shank. <laughs> I I don't like him at all. I was okay with him until he left the show to to be, you know, to to to, to do better things and then had to crawl back. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. I'm like, you arrogant shit. I don't I don't have time for you anymore. They let me get invested in Jonas as a character, then they took him away from me. I'm like, no, no, uh-huh. I don't like Michael Shane. Fuck him. <laughs> That's why yeah. I don't often write Daniel. I avoid writing Daniel Jackson because I don't like Michael Shanks. Um, in fact, no, no, I know that is. That isn't why I avoid writing him too much. I avoid writing him t- um, the way I do um, because I know you like the character, and if I wrote him a lot, I would bash him. And <laughs> so, 
I'm not going to bash his porn. Um, uh, so uh, I just don't ride him <laughs> as a rule. I mean, like he's in the background, you know, and, and he has parts. Yeah. You know, he, he's, he's on screen, but he's never going to be a main character in my stories because I would bash the shit out of okay. him if, uh, if I had any room. Um, but since he is your unicorn, I tend to not. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to respect your unicorn like you respect mine. You know, so, uh, but yeah. I, like, I like you, Unicorn, so, yeah. Yeah, that's true, that's true. And I made you like my new Unicorn. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> that Unicorn. We can't talk about it. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Damn it. Damn it. Okay. I love Ben Browder. I was so happy when they brought him on SG-1. But then Mm -hmm. I was also really mad because that meant I was never going to get my Farscape back. (laughs) I was still holding out hope. Oh, my God. (laughs) I am still holding out hope. So, no, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. It's not okay. What is this? You're, You're wanting 20 years later? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Hope, hopefully it's, it'll be far enough out that they can't conceivably do six months later they drop the baby off on Earth bullshit. I would stab people. I No. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. That idea was so dumb I thought I didn't get a movie because it was dumb. Anybody ever fucking watched oh, the show know Eric can't leave her damn baby on it. She gave birth to that baby in the middle of a fucking war. She's not giving mm-hmm. shit up. Not giving her baby up. Yeah. Bullshit. Anyway, <laughs> I'm still a little bitter, obviously. So uh huh. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I don't like Tori Higgins' version of Elizabeth Weir. I prefer Jessica Steen. I think she was um, more powerful in the. Um, she was. Um, she had a lot of good female energy that I that I liked, um, and Tori Higgins was just all mom voice. She treated Rod and John and Rodney like children, and it was off putting. Tori seemed like um, that she could not command. Um, she could build consensus. She could compromise. She could. She was a diplomat, and that's what she played. Even when I just, she was I just supposed to be Jessica as a general, um, yeah. I would have preferred Jessica's version of Elizabeth Weir. I think it would have been a much powerful um, and dynamic performance. Although I do have to yeah. say, if Jessica had stayed in the role of, of Elizabeth Weir, I probably would have totally shipped it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'd have shipped it. As in, I mean, I would have shipped her with Rodney and John. I mean, like, I, you know, not together, <laughs> maybe sometimes together, but definitely um, she'd have got both. <laughs> And Nika would be sitting there writing fanfic of their life. Right, exactly. 
Um, the, the link I, by the way, I put up, um, this was done in March, and they're still trying to get a something get done with Farscape, potentially up to and including a movie, it looks like. So you never know what you're going to get. But I never could ship Tori Higgins' version of Elizabeth Weir with anybody. I just, I don't know. I don't. I sh- I've shipped the character with Raddick. And I think it's the only time I shipped her with anybody. Well, when I ship her with with people, it's because I got Jessica Steen in the role. Yeah, no. But I think the version this of was... Tori Higgins' um, Elizabeth Weir... I think that for her, um, sex would be a weapon. And oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. So I just don't know. I don't know what to do with her. I just, um, I just don't like to. I didn't like the portrayal. And I'm not sure if it's the actress's fault or if it's just the way that it was written to fit her softer persona. I don't know. I just she's not. Well, one of our no. first things that we ever see her with is when she's saying goodbye to her fiancé by videotape. Which has got to be the coldest damn thing. I'm leaving the planet. I had to go. I couldn't even say goodbye. Bye, Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, that one was, um, that was wretched. I think that's actually Although they ruined the character for me during um, the Trinity episode. Um, After that, I was ruined because (sighs) um, her behavior was so outrageously unprofessional. And I was like, why, Mm -hmm. why would you do that? Because it it made her leadership look weak. And it it, it was infuriating because, of course, the woman was going to get emotional. Of course, she was going to be the one up there screaming her head off. It was so fucking cliche, and it pissed me off, and I was done. I think a lot of what put me off her was the side-eyeing she was giving Rodney. I felt like, I don't know if the actress didn't like David Hewlett or if they were telling her, if they were instructing her as as the character to um, be um, passive aggressive with McKay. I don't know what was going on Mm -hmm. there, but um, I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all.
It is. You just can't be mean to Rodney. That's just that's just the rule. <laughs> oh, he is your unicorn. Yeah, I mean, you know. He's John's unicorn too. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah. I have a scene Mine in a story that I'm writing where Hermione and Harry and Dumbledore are at the bank and Harry is um being an asshole to people uh about uh the black estate and he's firing the solicitor for the black estate and the dude um stands up like he's going to get, you know, physical and Dumbledore clears his throat. And Harry kind of leans back in the chair. He goes, I'm his favorite, you know. And Hermione is sitting over there in the chair, and she taps her wand on the chair, and she said, he's my favorite, too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that sounds fabulous. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, autocorrect is is definitely not... um, Appropriate because I'm pretty I sure you did expect uh, a Ferris wheel and um, John's story, and I loved it, Ellie. I recommended it to mm-hmm. um, somebody on um, Dreamwit. It was great. I even tweeted yeah. it. I I really enjoyed it. It was awesome. Oh, I did too. I read it. I read it through, and it's like, wow, that was. I would not be opposed to a full length um, sequel. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'll add my two cents in. And Rodney being awesome. <laughs> and Patrick telling the government to kiss his ass. <laughs> they can't have him back. <laughs> it would be great. But um, I'm just, you know, I'm just being a fan. I'm, I'm not trying to be pushy. Um, but I, I, I really did enjoy it. Um, and uh, Estefy enjoyed it, too, because uh, I recommended it to her on DreamWits. And so um, she hopped over to your site and read it and came back and told me um, she thanked me. She said she really enjoyed it. So I hope that didn't make you nervous because whenever she reads my shit, it makes me really nervous. (laughs) There's some people who who start liking it. There's and then there's Estefi. It's like, If that's how you oh. say your name, I I have the worst time trying to think of so. names. I kind of want to write the sequel to Iterum, but I've had so much problems writing Stargate on Rough Trade. I just don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> I don't know what my problem is. Um, that's really the only thing that I have, well, I think, that would fit the length requirements. Um. trying to think what you've got in other fandoms. You've got a couple in the NCIS fandom. Um, but I completed beyond, you know, what's like the the crossovers with um, Hawaii Five-0. Mm-hmm. And those are Sentinel stories, which I don't want to do a sequel on. Um, no, I'm, I'm honestly thinking um, the one that, that uh, I think it's on... Um, EAD 
where Tony goes and trains with Hetty. Yeah, but I, I need that, a finished project to write a sequel to, and that's not finished. I know. I <laughs> that's know. like the first you chapter of a 20-chapter plot. Well, dude, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty big. I mean, it has a whole um, piracy and a whole. Uh, uh, um, I'm gonna weave the uh, organization from uh, Dead Air into it. Holy crap! Okay. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, yeah. Okay. Well, isn't there Jeff also the one? I think. No. Yeah, no, yeah no there's loss. a whole bunch um, of. What about the? Um, I think you you were the the one who did the one uh, where it was Harry and Tony and Harry dies. Tony Pink. That's not me. I could have swore that was you. I've never written. You mean Tony Denozo? Yeah. No, I've never written Harry Potter and Tony Denozo together. No. Okay. Nope. Somebody. I have a hard time pushing Harry Potter into a contemporary fandom. That was Jilly. Oh, okay. That was Jilly. That's no problem. I'm not insulted to be compared to Jilly. Um... (laughs) Uh, but uh, or to be mistaken for Jilly, um, as long as you don't think we're the same person, because we're not. <laughs> oh God, I know you two aren't. <laughs> but uh, what was I saying? I totally lost my train of thought. It was gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a hard time uh, mixing Harry Potter in with like contemporary dramas. It's um, right. In the in the Spartan Chronicles, no, no, not the Spartan Chronicles. In the Alpha Chronicles, where I'm doing mm-hmm. all those Sentinels, ten years after the war is in that. But um, and it was really difficult for me to pick out the Alpha pair that was going to be the Muggles, and I picked um, right. a female Sherlock Holmes, and um, but I didn't use the Sherlock casting. I cast well, obviously a woman. And I cast Jude Law mm-hmm. as um, the modern John Watson um, because I didn't want to connect them to the actual Sherlock show uh, because I just didn't. Right. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm not on board with it. I don't know. So yeah, it's I'm weird. Looking at, I it is. I'm looking at what you've got and. You got a lot of little ones that, of stuff, you know, that you could probably build off of, but you know, I don't know what you would do with them. I know, I know. So um, I was thinking Iterum, obviously that's a that's a really good choice because mm-hmm. it would fit the word count, and um, you know, but again, I'm having problems with Stargate, um, and I also have a couple of shorts that, I, that I'm really um, amused by. Um, but I could not do a Harry Potter one in the short in the in the word count, um, no. and not be stressed out. So there's just no point in that. Um, well, there's because writing Sentinel fics or or yeah, there's a finite 
plot there, and that that works okay. But it's a, and I don't want to write a signal anyway. Um, I considered the bridge, but again, it's Stargate. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would have to finish one of my Halo stories to write a sequel to it. <laughs> uh huh. It's a thing. It's a thing. It's a thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Well, uh, the one that you did with uh, titled Julia with um, the female shepherd. Mm-hmm. You can write the fallout no. of that. No. No. Okay. This- I mean, I the gender thing, but I'm really uh-huh. attached to the female McKay. I mean, I'm okay. really attached. So, um. I like Meredith. So, let's see. Here's the bridge. Yeah, I enjoy that. Mm. Yeah, you know, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I really don't. And doing something in the Star Trek universe, you'd have to get something else finished there. Well, I could write the opening, the season premiere of season two of Tangled Destinies. It'd be probably between 30 and 40. Yeah. Revenant is not complete. Um, Revenant was created in episodes, but it's really, it needs to be a novel. Um, And so it needs to be replotted. And um, so it's not complete. That's why I I put it on Wild Hair Project because someone else was writing a Revenant story based on, and um, I wanted to give them a link so that they would be able to um, give credit properly so they wouldn't get hit for saying they stole an idea or something. I was just giving them a place Mm -hmm. to point to. So, But um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I enjoy the hell out of what you've got. I mean, I'm not going to lie about that. And I like that. I like that. But I got so much grief from I don't even... It was unreal. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know what that was. I, I have no idea what that was. I have that was a really new experience for me in fandom. I just I don't even know. I mean, I think it was envy and and um, just envy, stupid jealousy. You know, there's this whole new option, a story, uh, an idea, and. You know, you came up with it cold as far as they were concerned. Uh, it was just bizarre to be questioned like yes. that. I, I, it was just, it was bizarre. I, that's, that's all I will say. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have an idea for a Harry Potter Revenant story where um, during the trial, um, when Harry steps foot into the courtroom 10, um, the resident Revenant... Um, who's been there for over a thousand years, um, wakes up or, you know, emerges and he offers, he asks Harry Potter to anchor him. Yeah. And, of course, everybody's saying no, 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 and Harry's like, okay. (laughs) Sure, let's hitch a ride. 
and that changes everything. Uh-huh. Yes, it does. No, I mean, it it wasn't even about the Leonardo DiCaprio thing, which was basically, uh, isn't he dead or almost dead or kind of dead or, you know, trying to find his son's killer or something? So it isn't like the material wasn't related. And that wasn't what I was getting questioned about. What I was getting questioned about was the original source material. They seemed to think, after a decade, that I would um, do a crossover and not list it. Because I've apparently done that a lot. No, not ever. No. Um, so there was questions about where they could find more of it, um, where was the original idea from, um, was it a crossover? Uh, where could I find more of this? And it was basically what they were implying was that it wasn't my idea. Um, and um, they wanted me to reveal the source so that they could um, read it. Yeah. Sorry, I, guys. I, they're, they're... That was it. That was, that was it. And uh-huh. it was just like, what? But I'm torn between. I also had an idea where Harry Potter meets a revenant in the Chamber of Secrets, and it would be Salazar Slytherin, um, and he agrees <laughs> to host, or not host, but he agrees to anchor him, and um, they don't tell anybody. Oh, that's a snark fest. Oh my God, that's a snark fest. I can see that one being interesting. So that was be that would be really fun, and you know it's a cliche. But when I was thinking about the the, the Wizarding Court, ever how you say that Wizard Minot, uh, and and who the Revenant could be, I was torn. I was torn between like someone cliche like King Arthur, or um, Merlin, or maybe one of the Knights of the Round Table. And I did settle on Knight of the Round mm-hmm. Table. Um, you did with Lady Holder's help, and um, but I really like the idea of. Of, of of Harry anchoring Salazar Slytherin, uh, I think it would be fascinating. He would have a lot of shit to say about a lot. So much shit to say. Harry would catch hell keeping that secret. Because <laughs> I kind of oh, got yeah. this idea in my head that Salazar Slytherin is a real snarky bastard. <laughs> mhm. <laughs> it would just be a lot of yep. fun. And he'd be like encouraging Harry to do shit he shouldn't do. Like, you should totally curse him because he, he has it coming. In my day, I'd have called him out for a duel. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Harvest that poison. We're going to need it later. That venom. <laughs> uh-huh. We're going to need the venom, kid. <laughs> yeah. Don't We're forget to, to sell the carcass because that's. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that amuses the shit out of me. It would be total crack. Anyway, <laughs> you guys have a great weekend, and uh, we will talk you to too. you later. Say good night. Okay. Good night. <laughs>